Welcome to the Michael Smith Architect Podcast with your host, Michael Smith. Hi everyone, Mike Smith with Michael Smith Architects Podcast, episode number 11. And as you can see, we're in a little different location. Um, I'm actually recording this on Sunday uh, before Memorial Day. So we're taking a little easy. Uh, This will probably be my last work thing um, that I'll do uh, before I enjoy my Sunday and Monday with my family and such. And I want to take a, a moment to thank all our servicemen and women who are out there protecting our freedoms, uh, putting themselves in harm's way, and all the families that support them, because I know the sacrifice you have to make. Uh, since my son told us several months ago that uh, he wanted to join the Marine Corps and we're having to... Um, Uh, Just the flood of emotions that goes with that and knowing the sacrifice you have to make uh, as a military family and we're getting ready to do the same thing. So I thank you for your service um, and I hope you are staying safe uh, during these challenging times. But so what do we have on store to you today on store for you today is a really great show i just want to uh do a shout out though to the last couple shows that i had first to kim walsh phillips um had a great interview learning how to do use social media and marketing and that is something that i'm obviously uh trying to do more and more uh especially since we're uh, in home, uh, shelter in home, which for our particular county in California, we have actually, businesses have started to open up because we've had a very low uh, rate of infection. And I believe as of this date, we've had one death in the county. So I think it's time to get back to using our freedoms that our military men and women are fighting to protect. Um, but having uh, Kim on was great. And then uh, episode 10 uh, with Josh Gillow, uh, fantastic interview, great information um, from a good friend of mine who is a uh, landscape uh, designer and contractor, uh, wraps it all up. But it's, it's his th- enthusiasm, which always just draws me to him. Um, that enthusiasm that he brings to uh, client meetings and his design. And if you've gone to his website, you can see he certainly brings it uh, when he's delivering on uh, environments for his uh, clients and such. And it just inspires me to do better on what I'm doing and such. So uh, I thank Josh for being on the show last week. And we have some great ones. I'll kind of touch on it on the end. But let's get into the show. Um, and one thing that I want to be talking about today, and I'm sure you have felt it, um, We currently, I have a family of six, but we have four in the house because my two older children are in Texas. Um, But the four adults that we have in the house, uh, the spaces were, it's not a large house we have, but it's the spaces where we are are really boxy. They're cut off. It's a typical uh, 1950 uh, ranch style house um, that was, done in suburbia across America. 
the kitchen is divided off. It ha it's open maybe to a dining area and there's no, you don't get a view into the living room because you always kept the kitchen in the back. Um, and certainly not the way we live now. But when it gets to be around dinner time or meal time, you have usually three adults, my wife, my daughter who loves to cook. And if I get in there, we have three adults that are moving around this very small kitchen while we try to uh, cook some food or making some salad and maybe making a dessert or such. And we have all those things going on and we're running into each other. There's not enough counter space. So my wife immediately start looking at what can we do to our home to make it better? And, you know, she's asking me, oh, can we bust out the wall and go into the garage? Which, no, you can't because by our code standards, you need to have two-car garage. Um, so we can't go that way. That means opening up the other way, um, which is we have a wall that divides the living room entry area from the kitchen. Now, it may not make the space bigger, but visually it would feel bigger. And then we have some space out in front because um, our entry is kind of, uh, it is indented. So it's got a covered area and I'd probably sacrifice that to get a few more feet, uh, about four and a half feet in the kitchen so we could lengthen it out, um, uh, get some more counter space and such. And I'm sure that is something that you are experiencing yourself. Uh, if you do have a little larger family and they're all home with you, uh, number one, the house doesn't seem big enough because you're with your family 24-7. Um, get on people's nerves. Maybe there's one bathroom for the kids and one bathroom for the adults. And so if you have more than two kids uh, in that bathroom, you're probably going to wake up one morning or go to use your bathroom as the owner of the home and find one of your children using the bathroom in the back because the other one's being used. All those little things that kind of happen, but you, you're discovering that, uh, I think you're probably rediscovering how important home is, uh, especially when you're spending so much time in it and how little changes and such. And that's one of the things I'm going to be kind of talking about in future episodes is talk about those little changes that we can do. Uh, they don't require a lot of money, but make it feel, make your home feel a little bit bigger um, and such and open it up so where people don't have to congregate in one room. They can kind of be separated a little bit. Um, if you have, like our home, like I said, the kitchen is next to the dining room, but divided by a wall. And then we have a, um, a dining area. Did I say living room? So kitchen, living room, dining room. Um, and that wall that's between the kitchen and the living room really divides up that space. And so if you're in the living room, say watching TV, you have no idea what's going on in the kitchen. You shout so you can be heard around the wall. Or if someone's sitting at the dining table um, and they want to see something that's on TV, it's kind of blocked. There's a narrow vision and such. So just removing that wall. And yes, it may be load bearing and it may require a beam, but we're talking maybe for ten, fifteen thousand dollars You open it up and just opening up the kitchen 
the dining room and the uh, living room will make your house seem bigger, open up, bring more light. Um, it would certainly help our house because the dining area is furthest back from the windows. It's very dark when we sit at it. Um, you need the light on um, even during the brightest days and having the light come from another direction would certainly help. So I, over the next uh, few podcasts, we'll probably take a section of the house and kind of talk about what are some quick ways that you can improve the house, uh, improve your quality of life, and make a little, you know, uh, bring a little sanity to your home while we're going hopefully through these final days of the shelter and home. So that's something that is coming up. Um, I want to, our question that I want to bring up today, and I've made a separate video, but I, I want to make sure that those of you who are subscribed to uh, my podcast um, hear this if you don't, if you're not going to my YouTube channel. Um, but under Ask the Architect, I got a question from um, a homeowner wife, um, and they are preparing to do a uh, addition to their home, but their husband wants to do the addition, and she wants to know what are the pros and cons about that. And that is that is a really great question. Um, why I don't want to. Um, crush the dreams of anybody who wants to do a home remodeling project, I want to go through about five points that I want you to keep in mind um, that you need to, um, uh, that you need to, to think through how challenges are going to come up and you need to know ahead of time. So I want to make sure you know what those challenges are, at least some of them. And so you can think about, okay, how am I going to handle it? Because certainly you can, if you are, um, how do I want to say, uh, construction inclined, because I'll tell you, I am not. I tried it on my first home office. It was a horrible, uh, horrible uh uh, experience and I'm never going to do it again. I realize I do much better when I'm designing and directing design than constructing. But if you have some skill in that or you want to try it, I want to make sure that you know all the pros and cons of that um, as you go through it. So in this one, we're going to kind of, let's just imagine you want to add a expand your, the master bedroom and you want to add a master bath. Uh, you currently don't have a bathroom in there. So we're, we're going to get a variety of, of subs and, and different skill sets that we need for something like this. So the first thing that I want to point out is you need to look at your skill level, your experience. If you have done construction before, then this is probably not as as a um, a big question. But if you never have, or you've done it with, you know, with your cousin, or you, you know, when you were younger, you did construction, but you haven't done it in a while, um, and such, you really want to look at the complexity of the project. Um, and what I mean by that is. Most homes in California, they're slab on grades. So all to do in addition, if you're doing a single story, is extending that slab on grade and then building up one story 
that is relatively easy um, in the scheme of things. Um, you are it's you hire a, a contractor to do the foundation and the underground, and everything is kind of easy. So, I would say that is the lowest form of simplicity for your project. And if you have some experience, even minimal, that's something you probably can handle. But if we are looking at a more complex design, and that would, for me, that would mean you're building on a hill. That is, that can be incredibly challenging. A raised foundation is a lot harder. You've got a foundation that you're putting in the ground, and then you are, you are doing the wood framing of the floor itself. And it's not like when you slab on grade, you just put that slab down, you're basically done. Well, with a raised floor, now you're insulating, you have to, um, you're maybe waterproofing because of soils up against the exterior of the house. Um, there's other complexities that do, that come with that. So just adding that bumps it up a little bit more. If you are doing a second story addition, um, and I'm just saying that the first floor is already done. You're building the second floor on it. That bumps that complexity up even more because now you're building a second floor above existing living space. And you got to bring loads down through existing walls and through the existing space of the house to build that second story. Um, it's also more difficult because you're up in the air. Uh, you're not standing on the ground or on a short ladder to access places to um, put up plywood or uh, nail in blocking or electrical or things like that, you're up much higher. And that just, again, adds another level of complexity to it. So you need to look at how from simple to complex and, and be honest with your skill set. You can still run it. And I'll, we'll talk about that uh, another avenue on it. But building it yourself, you just need to be honest with your skills and your capability of doing that um, based on the complexity of the project. So that's one thing. Um, the second thing is, which goes along with the first, is, is that experience. As I said, is the simpler the project you could probably pick it up if you had a little bit of experience building houses or were with a contractor. That certainly would help. If you are tackling, thinking of tackling this um, and you've never done any construction, make sure you do, you, you got to prep. You got to do, you have to study. Um, watch lots of videos. Read a book on how to build a house because there's a sequence that you need to go through. You call... If you're doing a foundation, first you're going to have someone uh, cut the foundation in the ground if it's a slab on grade. And then once you have the outlines of the slab on grade in place, then you're calling the plumber to do all the underground. Any underground plumbing, water, electrical, anything like that that's going in the ground before the, the slab is done, they need to come in. If you don't do that, say you, you, you don't know that. And you come in and say, oh, I'm going to put in the slab on grade. I put down my rock and I put down my sand and then my visqueen or my vapor barrier. And then you realize, oh, no, I've got to do um, plumbing. 
or someone comes by and says, hey, when are you going to put in the plumbing? Those are can be costly and time-consuming mistakes. And so just knowing that sequence and a good book by a, a competent contractor can certainly help you out with that. So if you're going to tackle it yourself, look at your experience. If you don't have the necessary experience or you haven't done it in a while, a good book, videos, uh, bring yourself up to date on that. The third thing is, here is what people forget. We get, I, I think um, DIYers um, kind of get wrapped up in the idea of building your own home. And I, I tell you, like I said, I, I couldn't do it myself, but there is nothing better than walking through a space that is under construction that I designed. It, it gives me such an incredible sense of pride to be able to collaborate with the homeowner and have their dreams that are in their head come to life. And I know if you're thinking of building your own, you're, you're, you have that same passion. And it's it, short of maybe your children being born, uh, I don't think there's anything better than it. So I understand it. But unless you are a contractor, and even if you are a contractor, you're running a business. So say you work for somebody, you have a job. So now you're going to be uh, building your own addition. Are you going to do that on the weekend? Are you going to do it all yourself? Are you, or are you hiring subs? So, which I would recommend, like plumbing, electrical, foundation, unless you have experience in that, I, you want that base, you want that foundation to be absolutely level and right on because that becomes your guide for the walls. So you can frame up the walls and know that they're, when you set them on the edge of the uh, the foundation, they're going to be in the right place. You know that the plumbing that is underneath the slab is has been tested and done right um, and for that. So if you are hiring subs, <coughs> excuse me, you want to make sure that the subs are there and that they're doing the work. So you have to have some flexibility uh, with your job that you sometimes you need to leave and, and go meet them at the site, maybe meet them before, or they're going to call you because there's a question on the planes. Happens all the time. But trouble is we don't see it if you've worked on a project like that because the general contractor is coordinating that. The question goes to the general contractor and the general contractor either discusses it with the sub and comes to a resolution or we'll get the architect and the homeowner involved. But now that's going to fall to you. So are you able, do you have the flexibility in your work to take that phone call when it comes in or leave to go back and check on it? You know, you don't want to be far from your project. Um, because things are going to come up. Um, the, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. Um, you're going to have inspections. So you have a permit and the work is being done and then you're going to call for an inspection. And the inspector, if they're nice, some jurisdictions, they will call ahead and say, hey, you're number three on my list. I'll call you when I'm on, on my way. That is an incredible inspector, and we love those um, 
love those type of inspectors. But that doesn't always happen because they're they're really busy. They maybe they don't know. Uh, they can only give you a four-hour window, which is usually what I've seen. So that means they're going to be either in the morning or the afternoon. So that means you're going to be away from work potentially for all morning or all afternoon while you're waiting for the inspector. And that has to happen. And then it falls to you on your level of experience when the inspector has a question saying, hey, how was this done? Um, where's the strap? You know, he's going to ask some technical questions to make sure that the plans, uh, that the construction is being done as per the plans, which have been approved. So those that kind of flexibility is something that is really important. If you run your own business, then, okay, you obviously you do have flexibility. Hopefully you do because you have a team that can kind of back you up. But again, you got to look at it is if you're the rainmaker bringing in work and such and you're gone for a couple hours a day um, for the next six months, can your business handle that? Um, or is that going to bring added stress on both uh, you, your business, and your family? Because as i running my own business, sometimes I bring the problems home. You, you just can't help it. Uh, if something's going off uh, at the office, you still are thinking about it when you're at home. So you need to really think about how flexible you can be as the plane overhead. <laughs> well, one of the... One of the challenges of being outside and such, but um, anyway, we'll get through. So you need to be aware of that. Another thing that doesn't come up a lot is if you are going to act as your general contractor. So that means you're going to hire subs um, to do it. So you're going to have a foundation sub, a plumbing, electrical, framing, uh, roofing, all those things, which... I, that's probably the way I would do it. If I was going to do my own project, I'd do it that way. I just want to point out one thing um, that is going to happen. Um, you're going to contact a lot of subcontractors and you'll get your pricing and they'll go, yes, we're really excited. We want to do your uh, project. Well, when the day comes and you schedule them, you put them on your schedule and you let them know, I'm going to be done with the, you know, maybe the plumbing is going to be done on this date and we'll be ready to finish uh, the foundation work. Or uh, the framing's gone up and now you're ready to have the, the rough plumbing come in and finish and the rough electrical, all the things that are behind the drywall. Um, so you, you've scheduled when your electrical and, and uh, plumbing subcontractors are going to be on the site. And you say, okay, great, Monday morning, I'll look for you and we can go over something. Monday morning comes, they don't show up. And you're like, what happened? I scheduled them months ago. I've been really on the ball. I've, I've done all I needed to. Well, what you can't control is you are one job. These subcontractors work for other contractors, other contractors who give them more than one job. So if that contractor calls Sunday night and says, hey, I, had a, I have an inspection. Um, I need to have this check. This guy let me down. Can you be there and do it? He's going to say yes to that contractor because that contractor more likely is going to give him an additional project. And they're going to be really sorry. And 
they will make it up, but there, there is that potential. And you as the homeowner and the contractor, there's not much you can do. Yes, you can get mad at them, but they're going to go, hey, I'm sorry, but I've got to go with the, the person who's going to give me more than one project. So that will lengthen your construction. And you have to look at that. So if you're thinking, oh, I've, I've scheduled it out. It's going to be a four to five month project. I would add another month in there because things are going to happen. Uh, not to mention weather. But that will lengthen it out. And then you have to look at um, if you are doing that uh, master bedroom addition and master bath, your master bedroom is ripped up. And it's going to be longer than you think. Are you going to be okay with that? How How is your relationship with your wife, spouse, um, significant other, partner, whatever? Um, you know, are, if you're living in the, the living room while you're doing this, I'd probably suggest having a motorhome uh, in the driveway so you have a little comfort. But those things come into effect and... Yes, you're going, okay, I can handle it. And the first month goes well. The second month, you're like going, yeah, you still have that enthusiasm. By the third month, all the challenges and problems that have happened are starting to build up. And your partner is starting to look at you going, hey, what's going on? Um, we're not even close. You said four months, though you told them four to five, thinking five months. They heard four months. And so that's all the things you have to take into account, okay? So that's one of the really hidden things when it comes to doing your own project. So number four is really how anal are you? How detailed-oriented are you? The more detail-oriented you are, the better you'll do at reading the plans. Because um, I will tell you, unless you get a bid set of drawings, which I would assume you're not because you're going to be doing the, the construction yourself. And by a bid set of drawings, I mean, the plans are all done, but everything is all specced. Uh, you know, what type of electro outlets, type of lighting, type of mechanical system, all those things are on the plans, which can be a very expensive uh, set of plans. Um, I talk about for an addition, it's anywhere percentage-wise of construction, 8 to 12%. Well, if, if you're going for a bid set, it's going to be 12 and probably pushing it a little higher because you want everything on it. Well, you can save thousands of dollars by getting a builder set. Well, a builder set defines the project and will give you exterior elevations, floor plans, sections, details, and all that, it may not call out everything, all the materials being used. Um, so you need to know and go through those plans and ask those questions or define what those materials are and such ahead of time. I suggest you do it before you even start so you're not delaying anything during the process. But it takes time to go through each of the, um, all of the plans and such to get all the little details and answer all the questions about materials. What type of insulation? What type of wood? What type of uh, exterior siding or stucco? What type of windows? Type of flooring? What type of, um, how are you finishing the ceilings? 
Uh, if you're having drywall, is it a orange peel or is it a smooth coat? Are you floating it? There's so many questions that come up that you really need to be incredibly anal and detailed to get them all answered. But I really suggest you do that before you even put one shovel into the ground. It will save you time in the end. Okay. So the last one, number five, I would say you need to be is patient and tenacious. Patient because of all the challenges you're going to through, going to go through, all the problems, all the setbacks, all the surprises. Dig in the ground, you find something you didn't know was there. Or you cut into an existing roof to do a second floor and realize the framing is completely different. That happens. You got to go back to your architect and your engineer to get redesigned. Those things happen. Progress stops. You need to be patient. You cannot be totally driven by the schedule because the schedule needs to be a framework, but it needs flexibility because you have humans on all fronts that are involved in your project. And not all of them are as um, committed as you are on the project. No one is committed. They, they, they will say they're committed. Even I will tell my clients, I'm committed to you. But I also have other clients. So if you call and say, hey, I, I need to get this detail done, I'll say, okay, great. I'll get, to going, I'll get going on it. I'll have it to you in a couple of days. You want it right now. That's what I'm saying. It, those things come up. You need to be patient. But on the other side of it, you also are going to need to be tenacious. You're going to need that energy and drive from the beginning all the way to the end. And it's the two together. Patience and tenacious will help you help others get on board with your project. Even if a, a subcontractor goes off, has to do something for a general contractor for a time, he comes back, you need to get him back enthused and working on your project so that he gets it done and moves on. Because that's really what he wants to do. Once he has the project, he's overjoyed. He wants to get the job done, get paid, and move on. And you need to help him with that. And your enthusiasm, your tenaciousness will help uh, along that way. Not badgering, because who likes to be badgered? So patience and tenacious, uh, tenacity, I would say, is probably one of the most important things, and that's why I've done it last. So are you still thinking about doing it? Okay. Well, if you are, I number one, I'd love to hear about your experience. But number two, you need to just sit down, think it all through. Have a frank, honest discussion with your partner before you start and on a continuing basis. Don't assume that they know that you know what the schedule is in your head. Don't assume that they are following it. All they can see is that their room, their bedroom, bathroom, whatever is ripped up and it's still ripped up three months later and it's raining. All those things. So go through that process. So I certainly hope that helped. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to, to lend you any experience I have. One of the things I have found is when I have a client 
that has uh, that tells me that they want to build it themselves or want to be their general contractor, I will generally charge them a higher fee. And you're like, going, well, why, Mike? Because I end up being the sounding board for almost every question that happens at the site. Um, I've I have had clients that they'll call and say, hey, this footing is different than what it was. How do we do it? I don't get that when I have a general contractor. All those things, you know, the inspector came out and he said, hey, this doesn't look exactly right. I don't have that with a general contractor because the general contractor has a rapport with the building inspector. And he said, yeah, we know that's different, but we're going to put the strap on this way and nail it up. And the inspector goes, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. No problem. Where a homeowner is doing it and he, he had the inspector has no idea the experience those things, when they come up, he wants them changed. So just know those things are going to happen. And um, and you're going to, you'll save on some parts, but other parts are going to go up. So just know that. So I, like I said, I, I'm sorry, I keep going off course here, but I really want to make sure you have all the information before you start. So drop me a line at mike at michaelsmitharchitect.com and I'll be happy to answer any questions I can um, before you start. Please don't email me when you're in the middle of it. <laughs> you you have an architect or, or someone who did the drawings, you need to go back to them. So <laughs> I am sorry on that. I, I will I will offer advice on projects that haven't started and such. Okay, so the next section, I, I just want to, we're actually, like I said, I think I said earlier in San Luis Obispo, um, we are opening up uh, restaurants were able to open up on uh, the Friday before Memorial Weekend um, because our curve is practically f um, flattened. Um, yes, we still have some cases of infection, but we've done really well. And now it's time to reap the rewards of, of that by opening up. And so I'm just ecstatic. Though I love the food that's delivered when we have it on that occasion, but it's just not the same as my wife said to me. Says I really want to sit down in a restaurant that's served to me where the food is hot and they take the plates away. And I go, I cannot, uh, I cannot disagree with her on that. So I want to give a shout out to our community on that side. So um, next, I just want to give you an idea of what's coming up because uh, I'm really excited. I know when I started this. Um, I wanted to share my experience and such, but I quickly realized that's probably pretty boring because listening to 30 minutes of me just talk straight, um, even though I know all this information, it's not as exciting. And I want to make it fun and exciting for you listening or if you're watching on the video and such. So I'm really working on to bring more guests on and a wide variety of guests. And we're not just, you know, we had um, Mark Marshall from JM Construction uh, a couple weeks ago or a couple shows ago. Um, and while contractors are great, they'll probably be the majority of guests that I bring on because they bring such a unique perspective. And I always learn from uh, the contractors. But I want to also bring in uh, realtors because uh, if you're thinking about buying a home and then remodeling it, there's some things to keep in mind. Or if you're 
the classic question that can come up with a homeowner when I sit down with them, uh, we start going through their program, what they want to do to their house and such. And they ask me, um, and I, I tell them, hey, we're looking about three, four $400,000. And they'll look and say, should we just not go through this and, and um, buy a new house that has all this? And that is a completely valid question um, that you should go through. And one of the biggest things that I bring up is saying, well, if you love your neighborhood and you never want to leave it, well, that's your answer right there. You, you like your neighbors, you like your neighborhood, you want to stay. It's worth pouring the money in because if it is a good neighborhood, the value will eventually catch up. Will, if you had to sell it quickly, are you in trouble? Those are risks that you do take and such. So hopefully you're you're doing a remodel that is keeping it in line with the values in the neighborhood. But I've seen sometimes where homeowners say, well, I'm dying in this house and they push it. They'll push the value because they know they're going to be there another 10, 15, 20 years. But as we're finding out right now, life does happen. So we're going to be talking to realtors. Um, I want to talk to, um, mortgage brokers. We're going to have some of my past clients on uh, so you can get what they went through. If you're thinking about uh, doing a home remodeling project, you know, you're going to hear a lot of stories. You're going to hear a lot of horror stories. Um, that's main reason why I wrote the book, How to Avoid Home Remodeling Hell, because that's all I heard from people. I, I rarely, I, I would say it was one out of 20 that I heard that a remodeling project went well. And so I want you want to bring on some of my clients and, and excuse me, and as a, um, they'll tell you what were their hopes and fears going in and what things we, they did well, what things I did well, what things they didn't do well or I didn't do well. It happens. It's a compromise and such. And so how that comes together and where they are now, um, we'll, I'm trying to get one that we finished her home uh, about four or five years ago. So get some longevity in there. She's been living in it for a while and hopefully getting her experience on there. So that is what's coming up on it. And I'm really excited to uh, get a variety of guests on there. And if there's someone I haven't mentioned, I know we're, we're going to be talking about some wealth management people um, because between the lender and what you have in savings or how you manage your savings and such, those two people come together and help can help finance and uh, pay for your addition. So one last item I'm going to bring up, and it's something, again, it's a preview of what I'm, I want to bring up because we've been talking for a while here. Um, and I've kind of mentioned it in earlier podcasts and, and some of my Facebook Live is how... ADUs, accessory dwelling units. In California, that's a new uh, term uh, in your area, might be called um, a cottage uh, and such. But um, an ADU, how you can use an ADU to be more than just maybe living space for your family or for a loved one, um, it actually could be your smaller step into your real estate investing world. Uh, Because if you think about it, your home, 
you've already you're already paying for it and you have some land so you don't have to repay for the land so you just need to construct uh the adu on your property and boom you're renting it well in san Luis obispo county the median price home is over six hundred and fifty thousand dollars now if you are building a adu that is a thousand square feet slab on grade, single story, you're probably looking at about 300,000. So half the cost. And out of that, we could possibly get three bedrooms. And again, in San Luis Obispo, those three bedrooms can go anywhere from 800 to 1100 per room. So that right there, you're getting a tremendous amount of income, not to mention tax breaks because you're, you've got an investment property, you get to write some things off. So I'm, I wanna to put together a whole program where we go through that. And what has kind of spurred me on, um, because I've mentioned this before, what, but what is driving me now is I had a potential client, um, had a Zoom call with them yesterday, and we were just talking about, uh, he wants to add an ADU for his, on his property, and the two reasons he had, one is uh, he has adult children who find it very difficult because rents are expensive in San Luis Obispo. They want to live here, but they're just starting out. Well, I'm telling you, starting out in San Luis Obispo, you're not going to make enough to have your own place. Um, you're going to be sharing a room most likely, and they may not want to do it, or they can't come up with the, the down payment. And they don't want to ask their parents. Well, an ADU was how I uh, earlier in the year suggested as an as a way in. Well, he's also looking at it as a for income as a as he retires. He's got a unit that is bringing income all the time. It's really easy to watch over, make sure the tenant isn't destroying it because all he needs to do is go around and we can design it so it's privacy, but he can still keep an eye on it. And I. I absolutely believe that is something that every Californian can do. Um, and if you have the wherewithal, um, they should do it because it is a source of income. Um, imagine, you know, not in San, you're not in San Luis Obispo, but you're in California. I, I imagine it, even a two bedroom is going to go for twelve, fourteen hundred dollars. Um, that's twelve, fourteen hundred dollars plus any tax break you, you get on it. If you had to take a loan out on it, you get to write that off. There's other things that, that go involved in that. And you now get to be part of that and give you a taste of that real estate investing and maybe spur you on and say, okay, let's, I'm ready to make that jump to get a standalone uh, property. So I want to go through, just like we do with uh, home remodeling or custom home, give you the pros and cons and we'll, we'll have our guests weigh in also on that and give us some of the pitfalls that you need to look out for. So I hope that um, gives you a little bit of excitement. I hope, I hope you come back uh, for those. And if you have any questions on that, maybe you're thinking about that, hey, send the questions in and I want to incorporate it in our future uh, podcast episode. So that is our show um, for this week. I certainly hope you enjoyed it. Um, I hope you enjoyed our, our new venue. It was certainly nice to get out of my stuffy office. Sometimes I feel like I'm a mushroom in there because it's all closed off because I've got my computer screens and such. But I hope you enjoyed it. Um, 
If you have any questions, uh, again, feel free to email me at mike at michaelsmitharchitect.com. Love to answer them. If you're not subscribed, I invite you to subscribe to this podcast. Um, we are on iTunes. Anchor has us on a variety of platforms. Uh, please feel free to subscribe and leave me a review. Let me know how I'm doing, how or if I'm not doing well at all, because I'm still new at this. I'm trying to improve every time, and your feedback would certainly help. So I appreciate uh, you hanging in all the way to the end. And as always, check the show notes. We have lots of links, how to connect with us. Um, we have I have an ADU report that I'm putting together. That'll be in the show notes. You can sign up for it as soon as I finish it. I'll happy to send it out to you. So in the meantime, uh, as I record this on Memorial Weekend, I wish you a fantastic Memorial Day, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for a new episode coming soon.